Man, we are saving people money left and right over at SaveWithConrad.com. But don't take my word for it. Check out ConradReviews.com. Here's what you'll find over there. A five-star review from Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He says, once again, Conrad and his team hit a home run. Jimmy, as always, kept in constant communication during the whole process, gave us options, and made the process smooth and easy. Who knew listening to a wrestling podcast would help me out financially? And here's another five-star review from Ian F. in Pottstown, PA. Always fast to respond to any questions I had, and boy, did I have a lot. Thankfully, they cut two years off my old mortgage and saved $80,000 over the life of the loan. $80,000? Are you kidding me? He's a wrestling fan who listens to this podcast just like you and his family, and his family gets to keep an extra $80,000. Now, without calling SaveWithConrad.com, they would have worked for that money, paid taxes on it, and then just given it away. Don't do that. Keep more of your own money. Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. And I'm talking to you if you're in a 30-year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much rates are at near historic lows. And there's never been a better time to refinance than right now. Your house is worth more than ever. You have more equity than ever before. And what does that represent to you? The biggest opportunity to change your life financially once and for all. You can get the best rate you've ever had on a mortgage. You can get rid of all your credit card debt, saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And here's the deal guys. Once you owe this money, it's up to you how you pay it back. Doesn't it make sense to pay it back at the cheapest rate possible and the greatest tax deduction possible? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you need to take advantage of it. You can even pull some cash out to do some remodeling around the house. What if some of that equity you've got, you used to put a pool in the back or maybe add a new office or even better, a man cave. Come on, get you some of that. It sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you too right now. And again, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Punch it in. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Check it out. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Today's a very special episode of Arn. Of course, we're talking about how Mr. Lundy met the future Mrs. Lundy. It's a great story, and I'm excited for us to share it with you. And that story of love endures to this day, all these years later, still together. Pretty rare wrestling story. But you know that finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great. But even Arn had to hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk that then there's the pressure of actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, figuring out the four C's discount sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged, but that's why guys really hate Steven singer. He takes away every excuse in the book around not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven singer. Steven singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it easy, too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling. No codes or discounts, just the best possible price, guaranteeing the very best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. 
always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Steven That's I hate Steven And oh, by the way, his showroom is open. Stop by and see him at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. If you're like me and you're in the great state of Alabama, that's I hate Steven Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster. He is the enforcer. He is Double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. How are you, sir? Man, better than I deserve. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Uh, today, as you and I are recording, it's the first time we've actually been able to talk and hang out and communicate and commiserate about the big news. The Anderson legacy continues. Brock Anderson just made his AEW debut last week and man, I was so excited watching it. I couldn't help it. I had to text the whole family. I was freaking out. I knew it was coming eventually. I didn't know it was coming that quickly and, uh, man, what a showing he had. I I can't imagine how proud you and Mrs. Anderson were seeing all that go down. Yeah. I'm going to, I'd be a liar if I'm, you know, just stuck out my chest and went, Hey, he's a Anderson's business as usual. Well, that's all bullshit. I was a proud Papa. You should be. I, I was beaming. I didn't know, you know, all, we spent that day mostly separate. I didn't want to be pounding any ideas into his head. And I was nervous and trying not to show it. Um, he was, if he, if he was nervous, he wasn't showing it to me or anybody else. And that's what scared me. I'm, I'm thinking, well, is he that confident in himself or, or what's going on here? You know, or is he, is he went blank? Cause it could be, that's a two different looks that look exactly the same. Mm. Uh, but no, no, he went out and, and I was very proud of him. That was his first legitimate match. You know, he's had some matches in training that are six, eight minutes, you know, just in front of no people, just training school. But, uh, man, I tell you, he, uh, he held his own and I'm very proud of him. And I think AEW is going to be a perfect fit for him and he's going to be allowed to make some mistakes, which he's going to make. Of course. Uh, but that's how you learn. So good news. It was a great week. Plus we just got back from my, you know, my most famous place to vacation besides Aruba. I have to say that that we were down in Pensacola and, uh, beach was beautiful. Water for water was beautiful. It was a great week. Well, it was a great week as a wrestling fan too. You know, it was so cool to see him and, and just know sort of the backstory. And I couldn't help, but think about what you and I've been talking about for this last several weeks here just how you get started and you're cutting your teeth. And I mean, you wrestled for a long time before you were in a featured spot on national TV. Uh, sure. You had some brush up opportunities as, as an enhancement guy 
quote unquote working underneath, uh, but to come out and have your very first match on national TV and get the win. I can't imagine the pressure. Uh, and, and by the way, when you were doing it, you're doing it as Marty Lundy, who didn't necessarily have this great legacy in the business, but the pressure from Brock's standpoint of he's got big shoes to fill your big shoes. And it's not like he's able to go hone his craft in private. He's doing it. And everybody in the world is watching crazy pressure on him. And he, he pulled it off and did a great job. And man, it was, uh, it was high fives all around here in Huntsville. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. You've, uh, you've kind of become a member of the family and you've been, you know, through this whole process with us, you know, we've talked about it every time we speak just about, and, uh, I appreciate your support as long as, you know, Brock's holding his end up. I think, uh, AEW will be happy that we made that choice and, uh, man, it's just all positives really is all positives. And you're right. My debut on TV was as me getting squashed in four minutes. Yeah. It was as far. The needle is as far over here as Brock's debut was over here. It was, you know, it was like the old days, you know, when you were going to bring a guy in and use him properly because you had faith he could uh, bring something to the company that he was brought in like a star and i think AEW did a great job of all that you know that looking in the mirror gimmick you saw that right outstanding i think it's one of the coolest things AEW has pushed out there fantastic photo yeah and i'm i'm like you you know professionalism really makes me sit up and go wow that was as professional as you could get in hollywood or anywhere yeah who, you know, thumbs up to whoever did that. It was a spectacular piece. So we love talking about nostalgia. We love talking about the good old days of professional wrestling here on Arn. It's all about nostalgia. And, uh, I'm, I'm all in love with nostalgia. I just, I love the old stuff that we all grew up on. And that's why it's so fun to go revisit these stories that Arn is still passionate about, you know, when he was coming up in the business and growing up as a kid, man, one of my biggest pieces of my wrestling fandom was playing those old arcade wrestling games. Well, check this out. Retromania wrestling is inspired by early nineties, arcade wrestling action. Their roster includes both wrestling legends and the stars from the day, like Hawk and animal, you know, the road warriors, Tommy dreamer from famous ECW days. But as I said, they don't just have the legends. They've got stars of today, like the NWA world champion, Nick Aldis, Matt Cardona. Oh, and did I mention the blue world order from the ECW days? Come on. There's a story mode, an arcade mode, singles matches, tag team matches, six man tags, eight man tags, and even the retro rumble. Now, Retromania Wrestling is available right now for the Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Steam, and II Arcade. There's even a Retromania themed II Arcade cabinet. Check them out at RetromaniaWrestling.com and follow them on social media at RetroSoft Studios. That's RetromaniaWrestling.com or check them out on social at RetroSoft Studios. Support these guys. They're supporting your favorite podcast and they're loving that nostalgia just like me and you. It's RetromaniaWrestling.com. And I'm just, uh, I'm so excited about it and I know we could talk about it forever, but we're here to talk about old wrestling. I can't wait to uh, chime in here and there as we continue our journey and we're almost comparing notes, you know, the beginning of your career versus the beginning of Brock's, but 
We also want to send a very special shout out, uh, not, not to one, but to two brandies. First of all, congratulations to Brandy and Cody new parents. Uh, obviously they're our extended family and boy, life just got a little different for them. Didn't it, Arn? Yeah, man, they will never be the same. And, um, you can't explain it to a new parent. You could tell them, but they don't get it. When they hand you that baby and that baby looks up, flutters those eyes at you, man, you're never the same. Are you remember that day? I, I haven't been able to do that yet. Uh, mine, mine is an inherited, uh, I, I, I was able to, uh, enjoy a three-year-old little girl, but it was still, uh, my life changed even with a three-year-old and I'm same sure, thing. Yeah. When they look at you with trust yeah. and, and, you know, love and all those things, you're never the same. And it makes all this silly shit that we go through in business seem so inconsequential. It really does bring perspective. That's the right word. You're exactly right. Thank you. It is the right word because they depend on us for everything. And there's a bond and a trust that you build there with a child. And man, the the best of their life is yet to come. That's for sure. Well, and uh, we want to send another special shout out to uh, another Brandy who uh, has been with us uh, for a long time here on adfreeshows.com, part of the family. And she's had some health battles recently, right, Arn? Well, you know, getting vaccinated for COVID is, is a choice. I mean, this is America. Everybody makes their own choice about what they put in their body. And, uh, if you get vaccinated, man, I'm on your team because I believe it it saves a bunch of lives. Brandy has had fits with this COVID leftover from the first time she had it long-term issues with organs and, and all, I mean, just if she read the checklist down to you, your jaw would be on the ground. And that lady is so tough. She has fought through every bit of it. She has went back and forth for doctor visits and rehab and, and all kind of stuff that she's so much tougher than me. I can't tell you just listening to the thing. When she lists the issues that she's had, from, from just leftover COVID, you know, we're reading about all these things that happened down the road, long haulers. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Long haulers. And, uh, man, if they say that and your name is attached to it, start praying and run out the door because you're in trouble. And she has never had a day that I've spoke to her through text or anything else to where poor, poor pitiful me, you know, she's just, kept her chin up. I have a promise to her that when she feels like it and we're close enough, we're going to bring her to a show. Brandy, that was, is a outstanding invitation to you. When you feel like coming, you'll be my guest and we're going to have you at the show. I just want to say how proud I am of you. What a tough soldier you are and keep fighting and folks, anything you can do as far as getting vaccinated that is in your wheelhouse mentally and you can handle it please do because it helps all of us. Well said, and, uh, we're pulling for Brandy and, uh, I know she's going to kick out because that's just what we do around here. And, uh, we're going to kick into the story and try to pick up where we left off. When we last spoke, we talked about, uh, you dropping the straps to the rat patrol, Johnny rich and Tonga kid. Of course, we're in Southeastern championship wrestling that happened on August 6th. 
two weeks later on August 20th, 1984, it's a rematch. It's Arn and Jerry Stubbs taking on Johnny rich and Scott Armstrong. Uh, of course, Tonga kids not in on this one, but Scott Armstrong is, and it's a steel cage in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll be back 10 days later. And this time it's a different setup. It's Scott Armstrong, Johnny rich and Tonga kid taking on Arn Anderson, the eliminator and Tommy Gilbert. Uh, let's talk about these, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're doing a lot of business with Johnny rich. We've talked about him a little bit. We talked a little bit about Tonga kid, but I don't know anything about the eliminator. And I know very little about Tommy Gilbert. What can you tell us about those guys? Well, Tommy Gilbert is the father of Eddie Gilbert. You okay. didn't know that. I, or I, do you do now? I do now. And he was a older 40 ish, uh, veteran and a very good worker. If I put up one of his matches, much in the ilk of Ted Allen, Mike Jackson, one of those type guys, you would appreciate him for his talents. Very solid worker worked a lot in Tennessee around that area. Um, had never been given a huge push with one of the major companies. I don't think, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but man, what a great worker he was. And he came in for just a short time and he really added something to the card because his work was so good. So I, I, uh, I'm fascinated by wrestling families and this is one that, I mean, I knew that there was, you know, kinship with, with Eddie and, um, and Doug, I just didn't know about Tommy being their dad. I got to go check that out. Uh, very briefly, I looked him up, uh, since we've been talking here today and it looks like, uh, he was born in 40 and he, I guess he retired from active in-ring competition here in 84. So you're getting him on the, the wind down as a 44 year old man. Uh, and then he's going to become a referee for mid South and the UWF over with bill Watts. And then. I guess, jump over to uh, Jim Crockett promotions in 87, uh, continuing his work as a referee. So quite the legacy in wrestling, huh? You know, I don't remember him being in that role at all with Jim Crockett in 87. That's crazy. It must've been very part-time when we were in the area. Yeah. Maybe, you know, local talent would come in sometimes other than paying transportation, or if we had a couple of towns booked tonight, you'd need a, you know, a local ref or something. I just don't remember that. And that's something I think I would remember. Do you remember a fellow named the eliminator? And of course we're not talking about the eliminator tag team from W from ECW, but I can't find anything on this fellow named the eliminator that tagged with you and Tommy. I have a feeling Ron Fuller was probably just getting him you know, a few weeks work and put him under a hood. And that's all that was. And since he was getting ready to retire anyway, you know, he probably dropped the fall in the match to have that info in front of you. Maybe. Uh, no, I don't, but I would guess, you know, he would be there for that role yeah. and being a good solid hand too. It was just, it, it was one of those deals that was, you know, back in those days had, put a mask on you, go out, call you, you know, twiddly D twiddly dumb. Doesn't matter. You were inconspicuous underneath that mask anyway. Okay, guys. Now, uh, something a little different. I can't believe this is real, but this past January, Alabama was playing in the national championship game. And I got a random challenge on Twitter 
from a guy that most of you probably know. It's a great friend of the show, Mr. Gregory iron. He has a podcast called iron on wrestling and, uh, his tag team partner on that show, Aaron Bauer is a diehard Ohio state fan. And we made a bet and the bet was if Ohio won, I had to give those guys free commercials on all of our podcasts. And if Alabama won, which they did, Aaron had to get a tattoo that was done by Greg. Yes. Permanent ink on his body and not just any old tattoo. Aaron had to get an iron tattoo and he did. I can't believe this is real. Iron on wrestling now is so committed to honoring their word that these two knuckleheads tattooed each other. It's real. So I'm encouraging you, even though this was not part of the deal, I feel like they went above and beyond. Seriously, go check out Aaron Bauer on Twitter or go check out our boy, Greg iron on uh, Twitter. You know, Greg, Greg's all over the place. You've seen his stuff. He's inspirational. He's motivational. He's a good dude, but he's uh, what's that phrase that, what, what was that thing that Jerry used to say back in the day? Pet coon goofy. I don't really know what that means. But these guys are goofy if they're tattooing orange logo on their body and they did, but I do want to go ahead and plug their podcast. These guys are a lot of fun. Iron on wrestling is a weekly podcast hosted by pro wrestling mainstay, Gregory iron, the only professional wrestler with cerebral palsy and a veteran pro wrestling commentator, promoter and manager, Aaron Bauer. I want to reiterate they got a tattoo. For over a hundred episodes, Greg and air have not only provided listeners with entertaining segments and in-depth breakdowns of match structure and psychology, but they discuss forgotten indie wrestling moments, the classic wrestling characters and memories that we all grew up loving from the eighties and nineties and beyond. And they have insightful, deep, and often hilarious conversations with some of the biggest and fastest rising stars in the industry. Past episodes include stone cold, Steve Austin. Johnny Gargano, Dan Housen, Tommy Dreamer, Effie, Trey Miguel, Warhorse, Kurt Stallion, Kimberly, Brian Pillman Jr., and so many more. Iron on Wrestling drops every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, check out the bonus content at patreon.com forward slash iron on wrestling, where you can get early and extended episodes, videos, over a hundred bonus episodes, and you can get in on monthly zoom chats with Greg and air. You can select bonus episodes and so much more, whether you're a fan, an aspiring wrestler, or currently active in the business, you'll find something to love in this show. It's iron on wrestling and listen, take it from me. This is a personal endorsement. Of all the wrestling podcasts out there, this is certainly one of them. It's Iron On Wrestling. And they got an iron tattoo. What the fuck is wrong with these guys? Check them out. Iron On Wrestling. You got to see this picture. Chat me up about what's going on in real life. Uh, you're having fun. We've talked a little bit about uh, some, uh, some pot roast stories and whatnot. But I think you've told me a story once upon a time that uh, Scott Armstrong started tagging along with you guys too, right? Uh, he's your opponent on TV, but in real life, you guys become pretty close. Well, when I first got there, the, you know, week one, I spent two nights at Jerry Stubbs and, uh, second night, Scott Armstrong comes over to me and he goes here. You're looking for a place to stay. I've got a new condo with two beds, right? I really, really need somebody to 
help me with the rent, you, you know, you're welcome to move in. It's move in ready. Yeah. We talked about that in Gulf breeze, right? Yes, sir. So Scott and I lived together and, uh, pretty quickly thereafter, Brad was there as well. Okay. And Tim Horner got booked and Tim lived in the eight plex right around the corner. Brad had bought a condo also. And it, it was, it was a group of eight plexes and Brad was like down to our right. And Tim was in our building. So a bunch of young guys on TV, none of us, you know, with the exception of Tim Horner had girlfriends or, or wives. So hell brother, we took out, let out and went to the beach and Tim and I discovered, Holy man, this is awesome. And then we started to meet some bartenders and one of them was a young lady named Jackie who bartended the 2001 and, uh, she was the head bartender there. And on Wednesday nights, they would have quarter bar brands. Now, you know what that is, don't you? Conrad? Yes, yes, sir. I do. You've never drank it. <laughs> I know what it is though. It's the cheap shit. Yep. Yeah. And you have never tilted a glass with the cheap shit in it and dumped it down your neck. I'm certain of that. Well, Cavassier, listen to Crown you. Royal, listen to you. That type stuff, maybe. I'm a Tito's guy. Tito's. Well, that's that's the hip brand these okay. days. That's what the young guys tell me. Okay. Uh, so, man, we started going out. Now, I'm living with Scott. We're having a good time. You know, at that time, Scott was about 200 pounds. And we're going out in 2001 on Wednesday night. What was supposed to be for a quarter Bar brands and some type of mixer suddenly became because we all knew the bartender, Jackie, and she was pouring us crown and sevens oh. for one quarter. That's a different deal. For 250, they would take you out in a wheelchair. And that <laughs> that was part of her deal. Gentlemen, prepare to be wheelchair bound here in a couple hours. Oh. And Scott, man, he was a guy I didn't know who was a naturally small guy, but had jacked himself up and worked out and had been eating really, really good and living the way you should live prior to me moving in. And he had gotten up to about 200 pounds. Well, man, he started dropping weight. And in just a couple few months, I mean, it could have been a couple of, couple of months, man, he dropped about 30 pounds. So there was a rap on the door one day and bullet Bob darkened our doorway and he's, I was in the bedroom and, uh, giving him some privacy. And he pretty much told Scott, pack your shit and get home all that weight that we worked so hard to put on you. You have partied off of you. Look at yourself, Scott, Jesus Christ. Scott didn't argue with bullet. Right. He ended up moving home. Uh, and it was one of those things that happened so quickly. You didn't even, and I didn't even notice it, but I guess it was true because, you know, Scott did not argue. I guess he had a hard time putting on weight. He looked great. Right. But 170 is a big difference in 200 pounds. Yes, it is. You know? And so 
Scott moved back home, and now the scramble was on for another roommate. <laughs> because I had budgeted now my my party money. I mean, I didn't have any girlfriend, wife, no kids, not a lot of bills either. So if I can get someone to come in and split this with me, man, the party will continue. And who do you find? Well, you would you like to take a couple of guesses or uh yeah, sure. Let me look let me look and see what we got. Uh pork chop cash was not the first option, but would have been considered. Johnny, I don't think pork chop would have went for it. Johnny Rich lived up in Montgomery, so he didn't live in Pensacola. He was in and out. Tonga kid. Uh too young. Too 18 young. years old. Still living at home. Can't go drinking. Uh, no well, drinking for a, him. No, it's, not, it's not Ole. It's not Ronnie Garvin. I don't I'm know. Gonna, I'm going to throw a name at you. Okay. Boris Zukov. Okay. Now, wait a minute. You teased this before, but I I thought you were kind of ribbon. You lived with Boris Zukov? Boris. Now, I had just met Boris for the first time, and he had just left. Not too long ago, he had the uh, Don Kernoodle partnership with with, uh, and he was like a private to Sergeant Slaughter. Do you remember that from the from the Mid Atlantic days? Yep. Uh, he then, uh, I don't know what the deal was about guys' weight fluctuating. He then blew himself up to about three hundred pounds, and became a Russian for God's sakes, Boris Zukov. Wow. So he came in. No one knew who he was private Jim Nelson. Right. He was Boris Zukov. And, you know, for a guy to put on probably 40 pounds, which I would say, or 50, you know, his head grew with his body. Yes, it did. You go back and you look at early pictures of him when he's in Mid-Atlantic, like you're talking about as private Jim Nelson. And then you look at him as Boris Sukov. That does not look like the same person at all. Nickname Buffalo head. There you go. I didn't give it to him. So Boris don't get hot at me. That was just a nickname that we inherited and man, his head, when he would start working, the man would start to glow and his head was glowing as well. Good, solid worker. Good. Good. You could tell he had been around Sarge and, and some steamboat in those guys because his psychology and work rate was was up there. Big solid go-getter. Good looking Russian heel. Well, he needed a place to stay. So you know, I asked, you know, the Armstrongs if it was okay if I took in a roommate. Yeah, well, yeah, y'all just take care of the place, you know. That's great. So we're making Scott's house note every month. That's not a bad thing. No. Um, Boris was like myself. He loved to go to the beach and we would go down and, you know, after going to the gym and he would get out there and some people, when they get in the sun, they just get mahogany. Yeah. Some get burnt and glowing red. Boris was a glowing red type. And when his head was glowing and oiled up out on that beach, in his under tights at 300 pounds, 
I would position my chair off at a little distance and like kind of behind him where I could just watch the people walk by and get their reaction. Quite the reaction that young man got out on the beach. I bet. And he would, you know, we would have a few beverages and frosty beverages there during the day. We would go back home about the same time in the afternoons and, and he would always stop by general dolphins, fried chicken, get him a 21 piece dinner. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say 21 pieces? General dolphins. And he would always say it in the voice of the sheik. Hey man, you're going to stop and get something to eat on the way home bars or general dolphins, fried chicken, 21 piece. And brother, I would come home. I would usually leave the beach at the last possible moment. I would come home. I would hear him snoring. I would crack the door open. The man would be supine to the ceiling with chicken crisps and chicken crunches all in his goatee on his back, completely flat snoring. I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say either. So I didn't say anything. Right. I just creaked the door back shut, went in my room, laid a pillow down over my head and lost it. Because to say that the man was not nude would be lying. Oh, to say that the, the chicken crunchies were not the size of a quarter would be lying. Oh yeah. It was, it was something to behold. Um, so he and I were part or or, uh, not partners, but, uh, roommates for a while. And, uh, then Boris finished up and he took off to somewhere else and the search for another roommate. You're going to leave me hanging. We'll come back to it. Or do you want to go right into it? Well, I don't know. Well, you want to put something in the middle here? Sure. Absolutely. To let you absorb. Boris being nude with chicken skin and crunchies stuck in his goatee. How was the chicken? Not bad. Not bad. It was in those days we were young. Nothing, nothing killed us, but it was real fried chicken and it was greasy the way it should be. And the skin was heavily battered, but 21 pieces horn. He like, was through 300 pounds. Well, I get you. I'm more than that. And when I go, when I go, I get, to, you know, they, they try to get you like a breast and a wing. And I'm like, nah, I want two breasts. I don't want the wing. I want two breasts. Dark uh, meat, Conrad. Here we go again. But see, here's Dark the deal. Meat, thighs, had, man. Thighs. I had lunch with Jeff Jarrett once took him to my favorite fried chicken place. And he said, I want, he said, that sounds good. I'll have two breasts, two wings two thighs and I turned my head and the lady taking the order said, damn, baby, you just want the whole chicken. And he said, no, I don't want the legs, which I thought was hilarious, but still he ate six pieces. And I'm looking at him like, is this man versus food? How is he eating with me? Cassio kid and Dave Silva, three fat guys. And he's eating three times the amount of chicken. And now you're telling me that Boris Zukov didn't have a two piece, didn't have a six piece Jeff Jarrett special. 21 pieces of chicken. That's unbelievable. Let's say that he knew 
that he had a big match that night. There was going to be some time and maybe he was eating late in the day. Maybe he would start out by just eating 10 pieces. That box would sit right where he left it. And when we get in from the show, the very, you know, that very same night, I would hear him go in his room and start crinkling that box. And he was going to polish it off through a 24 hour cycle. The man never failed to, to polish off the 21 piece. That's really impressive. Maybe two, two encounters with eating it some days. Some days, like if we had an off day on like say Wednesday, or if it was Sunday it was Pensacola and he had all day, he would eat the whole damn thing. Cause he could take a huge nap, but pretty impressive eating. Very impressive. Let's get back on track here. After you, um, have the steel cage match where Johnny rich and Scott Armstrong beat you guys. As we mentioned, Scott is going to team with the rap patrol to beat you. Arn Anderson, uh, of course the eliminator and Tommy Gilbert, but then uh, the next time we're back in town, it's, uh, n- September 17th. And now Mr. Olympia is going to defeat Arn Anderson. And they do that rematch a week later, again, in Birmingham, this time it's falls count anywhere. Mr. Olympia beats Arn Anderson by DQ. I don't know how you have a DQ in a false count anywhere, but they did. What do you remember about, uh, the big dust up with Mr. Olympia? I mean, here you are once upon a time, super Olympia. And, uh, then eventually tag team partners. And now things are breaking down. Well, it sounds like to me, because we're skipping in and out here that, uh, this angle with Jerry has went full circle. It started out Mr. Olympia, super Olympia partners, adversaries, uh, back to partners as heels. Correct. Yep. And now Jerry's back in the babyface role as Mr. Olympia again. Yes. Which is a hell of an evolution in that short amount of time, I would think. Yeah. Uh, but in those days, Jerry would go in and in and out without wearing that. You know, he'd wear the mask for a while, and then he'd be Jerry Stubbs, and they would talk about it. You know, and the guy just looked so good, and he was such a good performer. Nobody cared. Right. I mean, it was, wasn't, a, wasn't a big deal. Um. So we're back at it again, are we? You are. And you keep it going. Even on October 1st, uh, you're going to pick up a win over Mr. Olympia in Birmingham. Uh, you'll be back, uh, on the 18th, this time working with uh, pork chop cash and going to a draw. But by November 5th of 84, you're still working with Mr. Olympia. This time it's a no contest. So it's a, it's a heated issue with you guys, but let's take a time out and talk about pork chop cash. I mentioned him a little earlier. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about him. It's a fantastic wrestling name. And I'm sure that some of our younger listeners have no idea who we're even talking about. Catch us up on all things pork chop cash. Well, I think I remember about him is he had a lot of charisma and he, you know, he was much in the vein of Thunderbolt Patterson, but a, a bigger, thicker guy. Yeah. And you know, he had that rap. Tennessee was kind of, I think where his roots were from. So he had that style. He was an entertainer. He was, you know, he was not a world-class Ricky steamboat technician, but you know, he had that, you know, swagger to him and he, he looked upper body was big and he had a good rap and, uh, you know, he was, he was a great middle of the card guy. At save with Conrad.com. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life. 
just ask Julia from Little Elm, Texas. Julia left us a five-star review and she had this to say, this is our second time refinancing with First Family. The first refinance allowed us to get cash out that helped us get out of debt and complete renovations on our home. Then we were able to sell it at a great price. Now that we're in our forever home, we refinanced again to take advantage of the low rates. We have a lovely home and room to breathe in our budget. Derek and Jennifer made the process easy and comfortable both times, and I can't recommend them more highly. Man, this is what I'm talking about, Julia. Thank you for that five-star review. No matter what you're looking for, you want to buy, no problem. We got you. Maybe it's time to renovate that house, but you don't have the cash. No problem. We can hook you up. What about if you need a little bit of cash to knock out some credit card debt and give yourself a little breathing room in your budget? No problem. But my favorite one, hey, let's go ahead and take advantage of these rates. Let's cut years off of our loan. Let's get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. Every step of the way, SaveWithConrad.com is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And man, if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Get a quick quote right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Think about what we're saying, guys. No house payments for two months and keep more of your own money. SaveWithConrad.com. Uh, by the way, he uh, would inspire Floyd Womack, the former um, Seahawk uh, out of Mississippi State, who was drafted in the fourth round back in 01. His mom would refer to him as pork chop because she thought he looked like pork chop cash, but Floyd Womack or AKA pork chop Womack continued the uh, pork chop legacy. How about that? Wow. So he had really influenced one life for sure. Absolutely. It's always a good feel good story to hear that. No doubt about it. We're going to keep the, uh, the story going here. Uh, as we march through the end of 1984, uh, it's another return match with Arn Anderson and Mr. Olympia on November 22nd, again in Birmingham, but now things are starting to heat up. We start to get into gimmick matches as we wind down the year, right around Thanksgiving, November 28th, 1984, it's mask versus loser leaves town, Mr. Olympia versus Arn Anderson. And you're on the losing effort. So he keeps his mask and you have to leave town, but somehow it doesn't happen. You're back on December 3rd in a taped fist match. Mr. Olympia is going to defeat Arn Anderson, but Arn's still not done. He's back a week later, December 10th, 1984. It's a stretcher match. And Arn Anderson finally beats Mr. Olympia, but we're still not done. November 17th, or I'm sorry, December 17th. It's a four on three handicapped Texas tornado street fight with Bob Armstrong, Mr. Olympia and pork chop cash on one side, Arn Anderson, Jimmy golden, Lord humongous, and the assassin on the other side, boy, a lot of gimmick matches here, but a three on four handicapped Texas tornado street fight. Say that three times fast and, <laughs> and, and, a, and a ton of big talent in here. You know, Bob Armstrong, we've already talked about. <laughs> We've talked about Jerry Stubbs, Mr. Olympia a lot. We just touched on a uh, pork chop cash. We've briefly referenced Jimmy golden before one of my dad's favorite wrestlers. We know later he's going to become bunkhouse buck, but the assassin Bob Owen out of Tuscaloosa. Let's talk about him for a minute. I don't, I don't Bob Owen. What about uh Lord humongous who I think is, uh, 
also wrestled once upon a time as Jeff Van Camp out of Gulf Breeze, Florida, about 300 pounds, six foot five, trained by Jerry Lawler. What do you remember about Lord Humongous? Now they brought him from Memphis. Jerry came up with the gimmick for him, and the guy was really impressive and a nice guy. I mean, he was tall and big. Uh, he had the hockey mask on and, you know, looked like from, Jason. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. And him and his wife came down to Pensacola and they fell in love with the place. And, uh, he had a run there, uh, after I left, he was still there for a while, I think, but his wife was very disenchanted with the wrestling business. She didn't like the fact that he was gone all the time. You know, even, even working there, you were driving somewhere, you know, so it was not the early evening hours, six days a week were not available to her. And I don't think, you know, that, uh, she liked the business very much. That's the story we got. And he kind of told me that on a couple of trips, you know, I told him, you know, trying to cheer him on and, Hey, you're doing good, man. You're a big bastard. And you know, you're doing good out there every night and all that stuff and trying to encourage him. He said, yeah, but Arn, my wife doesn't like the business. So, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. He ended up going into law enforcement and, and went way up the ranks to like a captain or, or something, something right under chief of police and down in Gulf breeze, wow. Pensacola, Pensacola police department. So he had a full career in law enforcement. I don't remember the exact rank, but it was something like a captain or a major or, or something. So, you know, that place grows on you, Conrad, if you ever, you know, going to change residences and that Pensacola destin area is sweet. Yeah. We, uh, we've been obsessed with looking down there for the last year and a half. We ultimately wound up with uh, a lake house for now, but, uh, yeah, I think long-term be hard to beat Pensacola beach. I could turn Megan into a beach bum without a whole lot of work. I bet you. Oh, she's all about it. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, businesses and kids and whatnot, but one day, one day, but one day we should talk about the series of gimmick matches, you know, gimmick matches, um, I guess really became a mainstay in the territory days because you had to have a way to get people to come back next week. You know, these days, I guess we should say pre COVID you know, you might see the, the, the quote unquote matches come to town once, twice, maybe three times a year. If you're a major market like Chicago, maybe the WWF hits you up three times a year. If you're in New York, maybe four times a year. Uh, but in these smaller rural areas, now the territory days, well, you're in Pensacola every seven days. You're, you're in, you're in Chattanooga every seven days. You're in Birmingham every seven days. So the way you've got to get these same fans to keep going into their wallet and, and pulling new cash out to see the same old guys is you've got to put a little lipstick on. You got to put a little garnish on, you gotta, you gotta change it up a bit. And so it's necessary to add some of these quote unquote gimmick matches, because it's not like you're going to bring in all new talent every seven days. Right. Norn. Correct. Correct. And if you go back and review just us talking about, you know, on a previous episode about Pensacola and, you know, how, how we built that program with Jerry and I and basically beating every baby face team that they could throw at us. And, 
you know, the evolution of us being partners and adversaries and partners again, and as heels, and now we're adversaries again, my deck had been shuffled so many times. They were just trying to surround me with new guys, new matches to at least make that be different. Yeah. You know, because Hey, they had done everything that you, uh, most guys, most heels got a six month run. I'm past the year mark now. And, uh, most guys don't get a run like that. So they were, you know, trying to prop me up with new partners and all kind of stuff just to, to keep it interesting. And, uh, cause that's right. Every seven days you were back in that town. So yeah. you had to have something different. And so let's talk through the different gimmick matches that we would see here. Um, we've got a false count anywhere match between you and Mr. Olympia, and then a mask versus loser leaves town and then taped fist and then a stretcher and then a cage. Um, it's been my understanding again. I don't know shit about wrestling. I'm just trying to learn the cage match was usually reserved for the blow off. Is that right? Usually. So as we talk through these, tell me what makes a stretcher match special or unique or how the match has to be structured differently. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, very simply. You fight out in the people, you fight out in the arena, and you finally do something using probably a piece of movable furniture to render your opponent unconscious to where he can be put on a stretcher and carried through the curtain, which means if you're going to do that to a baby face, you don't have to beat him one, two, three. That is the positive for a stretcher match. And the, the drama during one of those, if done properly, is you have several less than bombs dropped on both guys, and they start up the aisle with the stretcher, and you think that's it. But no, the guy rolls off the stretcher, and you restart the match. So there's your drama for a stretcher match. Summer is here and the heat has arrived. And let me tell you, we aren't slowing down on adfreeshows.com. We plan to give you the red hot summer you deserve, full of interactive Zoom experiences, brand new content, and bonus events that will leave your head spinning. This month alone, our top level members have the opportunity to sit down live with Conrad, Kurt Angle, and Eric Bischoff and pick their brains virtually face to face. And then there's Baby Doll, the perfect test will join our top guys to talk about her time in Jim Crockett Promotions and her recent appearance on Dark Side of the Ring. And we're just getting started. There will be even more announcements and surprises along the way. So don't miss out. Sign up today and join the fastest growing wrestling community on the planet over at adfreeshows.com. Now a taped fist match. Obviously you're going to have a totally different approach to a match like that. What are Arn Anderson's sort of rules of thumb for a tape fist match? Bleed. Okay. A tape fist is, I guess, legitimately like having a roll of quarters in your hand. It makes your punch a lot more effective. It's a tighter, 
It's a tighter, compact striking instrument. Uh, and that would usually be either one or both guys bleeding. So when you saw the word cage match or tape fist, as a fan, you went, somebody's going to bleed. And about nine out of 10 times or 10 out of 10 times in those days, you paid it off. It's interesting to, to hear your psychology of, of how these matches are structured, but I can't wait to ask this one mask versus loser leaves town dot, 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 but we ain't really leaving. And we ain't really unveiling anybody that they don't know who's <laughs> under the mask. <laughs> and by the way, this is the greatest drinking instrument. Oh, there you go. The old four horseman Yeti cup available from boxagimmicks.com. What made me uh, want to mention that is it came in so handy at the beach this week. And I saw you drinking that $8 bottle of water that you're drinking over there. Yeah. That Fuji water. Does it really make you smarter? Uh, no, it doesn't at all. This is what I, I, you know, we got a little, uh, you hadn't been to the house in a while, but Megan's got this new, like glass door merchandiser refrigerator in the laundry room. So it's just lined up with drinks. So there's like all these different bottles of water and it's different brands and stuff. I don't know why there's different brands, but I guess she likes the way these bottles fit on the shelf. So I got a bunch of Fiji water and, uh, some Coke zeros and whatnot. And it's right by the studio. So before you and I clicked record, I went in there and grabbed one of each and here we are, but no, I hear you. I need to break out my, I have an iron tumbler. I don't have a horseman one. I'm, I'm not well, to your level yet. So I just rock the iron one. Well, they're symbolic of each other. They are. They kind of go hand in hand. And you know why Megan puts all those assorted high dollar waters in that thing? I have no idea. Of course you can. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and not a word, young man. Don't oh, no. die on that hill. No, That's buddy, for sure. I'm not going to pick a fight about damn bottled water ever. Good whatever, man. Whatever you want, honey. I'm fine with it. Thank you for all you do. So they were skipping back to where we were. If, if you're an Arn Anderson fan, you want to see Jerry Stubbs get unmasked. Not because I don't know that that's Jerry Stubbs. At this point in time, it's the humiliation yeah. of getting your mask taken off. You know, in Mexico to this day, if you get unmasked, it is the big, other than getting your hair cut, I think, but having your identity unveiled is the biggest negative F you that you can possibly do in Mexican Lucha Libre wrestling. If that still holds true. Yeah, it is the most shameful thing it is the ultimate stipulation it, it it doesn't get any bigger than that and here in birmingham it uh well it it doesn't mean anything it's <laughs> <laughs> well it means something to somebody there's some luchadors hanging around that live there that it means something to them again you know and we've joked about this a lot before but in the territory days but and I think Jeff and I were joking the other day about how many times Jerry Lawler wrestled Bill Dundee in a row in Memphis. So it's like on some level, I know tickets aren't expensive back then, but still it's like, golly, do I really want to go see that again? I've seen that same match a hundred times and it almost becomes like, well, hang on now. You hadn't seen this because this time if Lawler loses, he loses his hair. But if Dundee loses his wife loses her hair. And what if she loses 
I mean, we're going to skin Bill Dundee's wife's head. Come on. So people go in their pocket one more time and pay for the same thing. And it's, it's something that we see even in modern wrestling. Gosh, I bet Randy Orton and John Cena headlined, I don't know about 70 pay-per-views, but it was always something a little different. This time it's two on one this time, you know, it's a, it's a lumberjack match. This time it's a chain match. This time it's a, the belts are hanging from the ceiling. It's the same thing, but with a, uh, you know, a new coat of paint. Different caveat. Yes. Yeah. And it was part of a package. Mm-hmm. There were six other matches or whatever the deal was. And yeah, it was just a way to, to freshen it up a little bit. And the reason, because I lost that loser leave match. Yeah. Loser leave town. I refused to leave. Yes. Which is a great heel shit. I'm not going anywhere. No. And on a shoot, I wasn't going anywhere because by then I had met Mrs. Anderson. Okay. Now let's, let's time out. I want to come back to Mrs. Anderson. First, I want to mention that the, uh, the no contest match you had with him on November 22nd, that's actually Thanksgiving night. So the loser leaves town thing happens a week later, but the big blow off, as we always say, the big, you know, the cage match was usually the blow off the cage match with you and Mr. Olympia happens on Christmas night. Now. Some of our younger listeners are going to think, wait a minute. They were wrestling on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Aren't correct me if I'm wrong, but those are two of the biggest nights of the year, right? Sign me up for those two holidays. Cause they were exactly that. Yeah. Two, two of your biggest payoffs because let's face it. If, uh, you know, on Christmas, I don't know how everybody does it at their house, but we open Christmas presents early in the morning. We clean up all that stuff. We have a nice meal in the afternoon. By that night, you're looking for something to do unless you're just really a, a big toad and you just want to lay on the couch. People like to go to wrestling. Yeah. And Christmas night, especially Thanksgiving night for some reason, I guess it was because it was, you know, it, it leads into a long weekend. You're usually off on Friday uh, after after Thanksgiving. So people could actually drive a little bit and, you know, if they're driving 70 miles, they wouldn't normally do on a work night. They can head down and, and Thanksgiving was as big as Christmas. It's, it's pretty remarkable to think about what a big night wrestling was around the country. Every territory went all out on Thanksgiving night. And I think there was even a, a crazy, maybe crazy, like a Fox idea. Once upon a time, I heard that, uh, Terry Funk had a, what he felt like was a genius idea. What if we just went and rented every arena in the country on Thanksgiving night, and then all of these promoters would have to pay our price because they don't want to miss the biggest payday of the year, but we just happened to have every single building tied up that, that Terry Funk's a, he's a crazy cat. And he would have had to have had you and your money backing him to have rented <laughs> all those arenas, by the way, I don't think Terry was going to pop for all those. Was he? No, I don't reckon. Uh, but it is an interesting idea. Hey, let's talk about two things. Uh, one, I want to hear this story about this other roommate who replaced Boris Zukov. And then I'd like to finish our episode today talking about Mrs. Anderson. And then we'll talk about what we got coming next week. As we start talking about 1985 and. Well, maybe we got a trick up our sleeve. It's fantastic. 
So now I am looking for another roommate. Boris and his 21 piece are out of town. His bookings ran out and he left, you know, made a friend there. And, uh, he and I don't speak, you know, very often because our paths just don't cross. I saw him at a signing up in somewhere. He came up to the table and just, just for your information, because I know you'd want to hear this. I want to say it was like in Winston Salem last year at wrestle Con, maybe wrestle Cade. Yeah. Wrestle Cade. And, uh, which I worked for you that night and that day, he's only 61, by the way. So he's still a relatively young man. He was about 190 pounds. Mm. He had lost over a hundred pounds. His head had shrunk up and he had returned to Jim Nelson. That's awesome. Good for him. Didn't know you could do that. Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support the Arn show. One is to pick up a shirt from arnshirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of the Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com, and thank you for being a listener to the Arn Show. So that was done. So now the guy that on one of my first, uh, it was either my first match or second match in Albertville, who cut my head off and beat me up and beat me handily was Pat Rose. Okay. Now Pat Rose is working for the same company I am and he needs a roommate. So Pat move in. Uh, isn't that funny how that goes full circle in yeah. that short a time? Yeah. I guess I kind of forgot that you told us that story that he cut your head off. Uh, I know Pat because I think he has a, a fishing show in Chattanooga that I bought ads on like 10 years ago. That's what I hear. Yeah. That's what I hear. So in those days, it's funny how you look at things, but, uh, sure. we went out water skiing, uh, one day wrestling two was in town for the week, just in and out. And we went over to Randy Rose original midnight express, Randy Rose, who had a condo and was living in Pensacola. He wasn't working the territory at that time or anything. And he took us out on our boat and wrestling too. decided he wanted to drive. And I was not a avid water skier. Uh, so he started me, you know, the right way. And I started up and I got about halfway up. And for some reason, he decided to ease off on the throttle and I started to sink back down and then he jammed it all the way up into wide open. And I came up out of that water and my legs snapped. They went apart. Boom. And I heard boom and my groan tore my groin. Oh no. Now this is leading somewhere. Those injuries are bad. If you've ever torn your groin, a lot of people pull their groin and it's a bad enough injury, but I tore mine. So uh, had I not had on a life vest, I'd have drowned. That's for sure. Cause man, I was hurt. So they got me out of the water, got me back to shore and all that stuff. And I ended up having to, cause the only thing you can do for injury like that is to wrap your thigh and around your waist. That's it just to try to support it. There's nothing you can do for it. 
So I was showing up at the arenas uh, with a crutch, and I would arrive there, and uh, I would get out, and I would somehow make my way into the arena because you didn't want to let the people outside before the show know you were hurt. Right. You know, automatically that's a downer. If you haven't, say you haven't bought a ticket yet, you're just kind of looking things over to make sure these guys actually were in town and okay, I'll go buy my ticket. Now walk up was a big deal back then. So Pat and I are living together and everything's running smooth. And I catch a ride with him down to the building and, uh, man, I'm telling you, I was hurt. So I couldn't even put on a pair of shoes cause I couldn't bend over and lace them. So I had a pair of house shoes, which I nicknamed my high shoes so that when I would get tore up during this period, which you had to drink some pain reliever there a little bit, a little bit. Sure. Uh, you could just ease your way back into a chair and just flip your feet. And those high shoes are off. Were off. Yep. So I would wear them out to the car and we would get to the arena and I would somehow manage to get in the back door. And once the show started, somebody would go out and get my uh, crutch. Cause I was legitimately on the crutch backstage. Uh, so we get to Pensacola building and, uh, same thing, but I leave my high shoes in the car and by then, man, I was dependent on those things. And my crutch, I get in the arena, oh, 30 minutes or something passes. And uh, I, I ask somebody to go back out to the car to get my crutch and get my high shoes. And they walk out the door. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And finally, the guy comes back in about 15 minutes later. And he's like a ghost. He went, uh, need to tell Mr. Rhodes that car's not in the park lot. Go get Pat. Pat, your car's not, where'd you say the part, you know, the car's not there. What do you mean? It's not there. He goes out the back door. Now I'm following him hobbling on one leg. Right. Come to find out Pat who hadn't failed to make a payment or three <gasps> had his car repossessed. Oh my God. With my crutch. And my high shoes come to find out <laughs> he had a $99 payment on oh. this dispose a car and that's all. And at that point in time, that $99 versus me with no crutch and no high shoes was not a fair swap. $99. 99, not a hundred, not one Oh nine, $99, $99 rule of that story. The moral of the story, when you have a $99 car payment and you got a man with a torn growing as your roommate, who has got a bad disposition anyway, make your payments. $99, 99. So pretty soon. As you can imagine, Pat was out of there. Yeah. Okay. So Pat's no longer your roommate either. No longer. So 
uh, was were, were Pat's bookings finished? Did Pat get another gig somewhere else? Did he go back home? Yeah, he left pretty soon. And to be honest with you, I was getting close to giving Pat the heave ho anyway, because I wanted my privacy with my new girlfriend. There we go. So let's talk about that. How did, how did you meet Mrs. Anderson? Well, in those days when you were young and you were on TV and you were having fun, you weren't looking for, uh, you know, you weren't looking for a wife, right? That would have been foolish. You living on the beach or close to it. And it's, it's time to party. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and believe it or not, I was actually a young man looked just like this back then, but I was 26 or whatever I was, uh, and Scott Armstrong and I were at the fair one night and there was a group of ladies and they were all painted up and goofy costumes on. And I guess it was an initiation for the cheerleaders for Pine Forest High School. And so they were at the fair walking around and, and I, you know, it was one of those just, yeah, they're young, you know, hello. Hey, how are you? Da, 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 da. Didn't think much of it, but one caught my eye. You could just tell underneath all that goofy makeup on, man. She is beautiful. God almighty. Finished with our stand at the fair. Nothing. A couple months later, maybe went to the mall. Scott and I again, too. Now she's in street clothes and, you know, hey, yeah, yeah. I remember me. And, And she was, she was stunning and, but young. And, um, so her mom come to find out was like a on and off wrestling fan. And sometimes she would come to the matches and, uh, Pensacola, you know, occasionally and just for entertainment. And, uh, I'm looking out the curtain and this pair of white jeans with the damnedest bubble, butt you have ever seen oh, Lord. stuff down in them. Okay. Walk by and I went, <laughs> Oh God, that's her. I was Aaron. And she stopped and she looked, I said, come here. And, and we started talking and buddy floored me. I mean, the young lady was absolutely gorgeous. Tan. Beautiful hair, beautiful skin, teeth, nails, all that stuff we like, Conrad. And uh, asked if I could get her number. And uh, for about the next month on my off days, I went to her house and sat on the couch and watched TV because her mom and her uncle and her two brothers did not like the idea of me being there at all. Why is that? older. Oh, so how old were you and how old was she? 26. And she would hate to say this, but she's probably, you know, almost 18. Oh, barely 18 or not quite yet. 18. Not quite. I don't think Oh, during, during that year that, that, you know, I was down there, she turned 18 and now she's graduating high school. Now I'm not proud of it, but Man, damn. Well, it worked out. Y'all are married for fucking 40 years. So she was the one and I wasn't looking, but I kind of was. And well, you weren't until you found her. And then all of a sudden you were real strong. Grand slam. Yeah. 
And I told her mom, you know, after three or four weeks in, they started letting me take her, you know, we go to the movies and we go to dates and all, you know, all that stuff on my day. Oh, so off she still and, got a curfew, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she was finishing up school. She had other stuff she had to do. And, uh, but man, I, I head over heels. She floored me. She, I told her then I said, you, you know what? I'm just tell you up front, you're the prettiest thing I've ever seen. And I still feel that way today about her. And, uh, I thank Scott for introducing us and, uh, yeah. and it, it turned out to be, uh, my God, we're 36 years. We just had our wedding anniversary. Wow. That's, uh, and this business it's unheard of. Yeah. It is one of those rare situations that doesn't occur very much. Mike Rotundo has been married that long. Tim Horner's been married probably a little, even a little longer than me, Ted DiBiase, but there's only a handful of guys that you can say that about. And, uh, Barry Darso long time, but man, uh, that's what I take from Pensacola is, is meeting Aaron and, uh, thank God she has stuck with me all these years and I would not be here right now. I would be in an urn sitting in some rusty garage for sure, or in the ground, depending what they did with me, but definitely I would have died at a much younger age had it not been for her. So not to be weird, but you meet her in late 84 y'all got married in 85 is that right we did as soon as she got to uh got out of school and uh brought her to charlotte and uh when i got sent back down to rome to live in rome but work for georgia championship after being in charlotte for a couple of months even and they sent us only down to work with manny fernandez and thunderbolt patterson we were down and we covered that, I think, in an earlier yeah. episode, I believe. Uh, but uh, I married, brought her to uh, Rome, and we got married in Rome, went to Justice of the Peace, and uh, that was it. And she has been with me ever since. Was she a wrestling fan? No. No, she just came with her mom that night. Cause it, it was occasion. It was like going to the movies, yeah. you know, people that go to the movies for every four to six weeks, eight yeah. weeks, her mom had, you know, we'd go down the wrestling matches and, uh, she just went with her and just happened to be going to the concession stand. As I peeked out the curtain, she walked by probably 10 feet away from me. <clears throat> what a great story. I, um, I feel bad even asking about a wrestling match now, but I do want to finish 1984 here and we'll be back continuing our journey through 1985 and we might have a trick up our sleeve i want to talk about this uh four on three handicap texas tornado southern street fight uh, we teased who was in the match bob armstrong mr olympia pork chop cash arn anderson jimmy golden lord humongous and the assassin can you tell us how you put together or what you remember of this four on three handicap texas tornado southern street fight when it's over, make sure you're one of the guys that are still alive. <laughs> That's the plan. How you execute it is up to you because I guarantee you that got out of hand and there was fighting everywhere to a conclusion. How could you actually sit on the apron and do tags in and out with that crew? Right. 
I got a feeling it started out like a wrestling match. A fight broke out, a brawl ensued, and one of the bad guys got beat. Because it's just too many characters and too much confusion. We're hoping we're adding some uh, context to some of these characters and, and trying to uh, clear up some of the confusion. I've had a blast uh, talking about the good old days, and I hope you guys have too. Uh, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it, and be sure to tell a friend about uh, what we're doing a little differently over here on the Arn Podcast. It's all territory talk, and we're going to keep that territory talk coming next week. Uh, we've got 85 up our sleeve, but we might have a trick, so stay tuned. we got some fun stuff coming your way real soon. Uh, also, I want to mention, we've got tons of bonus content, more than you can shake a stick at, including, I can't believe this is real, but we're dropping 40 different pieces of content uh, this weekend on June 27th. So June 27th, 40 pieces of content all in the same day, not 40 pieces this month, not 40 pieces this week, 40 pieces on June 27th. There's something for everybody. You're going to have Eric popping off at mean tweets. I think there's an ask Conrad in there. Tons of bonus content. I think Jeff Jarrett's got a watch along thing. Arn's got some stuff. JR's got some stuff. It's more than you can shake a stick at. I think it's the best value in all of wrestling. It's adfreeshows.com. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. And Hey, check out that, uh, the koozies, the t-shirts, the, the tumblers, everything we got going over at box And we'll be back next week to uh, tell you some stories about 1985 and the good old days of professional wrestling with your old pal Arn. Hey, something happens this weekend. I just can't put my finger on it, but I'll think of it. It's it's 40 pieces of content. Oh, and y'all got dynamite going. Uh, Yeah. Something else. I'll think of it. Yeah. State, there's something goes on soon. Anyway, okay. We'll get somebody on it. We'll uh we'll we'll live to bullshit and tell stories another day. We'll see you next week right here on Arn. Okay, if you've listened to this show for very long, by now you know what you're thinking. I hate Steven Singer too. And you're darn right you do, because we've told you loudly and proudly that he is one of our favorite people to do business with, and he's gonna be yours too. But unfortunately, he eliminates all of the excuses. Here's what I mean. Finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but man, do we hate all the pressure of what's next? Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. It's overwhelming, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. That's why this guy's really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler and icon that's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling, no codes or discounts, just the best possible price guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly or online at I hate always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. 
Stop what you're doing and rush over to savewithconrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at conradreviews.com and it said this. Big thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with First Family Mortgage. Jimmy was there anytime I had any questions. He was just a text message away. Saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier. Miguel saving a whole bunch of cash, and you can too right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But I do want to mention, this isn't just for refinancing. Maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent. First Family Mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever with a little summer vacation from house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.